Um, Lord willing, next week we will jump back into our study um, in Philippians. We'll finish that up, Lord willing. But I wanted to start the year um, by going over a couple just practical things that we can apply and should apply to our lives. And we're talking about growing in maturity, something that we all need to do. Um, and, and quite frankly, we need to get to that place where we love God so much that we trust Him so much. We love Him. We know so much about Him. We know so much that we put our trust in Him no matter what's going on in our world. I, I, I hope that makes sense. But, but so, so it's a relationship thing. Let me lay it out like this. I, I can make you all kinds of promises. And, and if you don't know me, well, you don't really have anything to base my promises on. Maybe I'll let you down. Maybe I won't. But the more you get to know me, the more you'll realize whether or not I'm going to keep my word, try to keep my word, or, or what kind of person I am as far as giving my word to you. So the more relationship or the more intimate I get with my Lord, the more I realize that he is completely trustworthy, that he does not lie, even though he allows things into my world that, that I don't understand. Um, I live in a world where bad things happen to good people and so on and so forth. I can put my trust in God knowing that he has my best interests at heart. What I'm trying to say is when we live in this world where things that we've been taught to be able to trust in aren't always trustworthy, man. And I can go into deep detail. You guys know what I'm talking about. Like, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize when you watch the news nowadays, man, that they're not really trying to tell the truth most of the time. You know, it's all skewed uh, to try and manipulate you to a certain direction, to try and change the way you're thinking as, as opposed to delivering uh, the news as they see it, as it is, they're trying to lead you into their own train of thought or what they want you to think. Manipulation, propaganda. You see what I'm saying here? So we live in this world where we don't know who we can trust and who we can't. But this is what I'm trying to say. We can trust in the name of the Lord. We can trust in the Most High God. Some people trust in chariots. Some people trust in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And we've, we've a lot of us have went through so many trials over the last few years. Put the COVID thing aside and all that. I mean, that's certainly part of it. But we, we, a lot of people have been through a lot. A lot of people are in the middle of a massive trial right now. And they don't really see the end. They don't know when the, when the uh, sky is going to clear. But see, that's why we got to get to this place where we understand that God is faithful. God is good. And we can put our trust in him that he will not let us down. He's not always going to do the things that Paul wants, but he will do what's best for us. Amen. Can I get a witness? So we want to grow in that relationship. We want to grow in that intimacy. We want to mature in our relationship because it's not just about my peace, but it's about me being able to extend a hand and help others that are hurting. Amen. So Matthew 22 and verse 37. And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So what we got going on here, as you probably know, uh, Jesus is uh, being questioned by one of the religious elite, one of the religious leaders of the day. And so they're trying to corner him, trying to get him to pick out, you know, something that they can use against him. And and this was also a debate that went uh, went around with the synagogues and the Pharisees, Sanhedrin. They would they would debate this back and forth. What was the greatest commandment? So Jesus has asked this question. And Jesus being absolutely brilliant, aren't you glad our Lord and Savior is absolutely brilliant? Thank you, G. Thank you, Lord. 
Um, so anyways, he's asked this question and he breaks up the law and the prophets. Man, he breaks up. If you look at the, the Ten Commandments, they're, break, they're broke up into two sections. The first four are about God's relationship with man or man's relationship with God. The next six are about man's relationship to man. So when Jesus is asked, hey, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus does this brilliant thing right here, in which we are going to jump into right now after we pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for allowing us this opportunity and the freedom to share and grow in relationship with you, Lord, and to grow together as a church family. Thank you for your anointing and your will being done. In Jesus' wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen. So Jesus says this, and he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's the, that's the first commandment. And see, when he, he's about to list the second commandment, now a lot of times when we read this, we think, well, it's this commandment, and then just a couple of tears down the road is this second commandment. But it's not, that's not really what he's saying. He's saying these two go hand in hand together, that if you love me, okay, then a result of that, you're going to be able to love your neighbor. Amen. You're going to be able to love those in your world. So you can wrap up. This is what God wants from his people. He wants us to be committed to him with our whole being, man. And that, that is a tall order, man. You know what I mean? But that's the direction we're all committed to be moving in. That's what we want to do. And so at this time of the year, I like to sit back and say, hey, man, I'm talking to Paul Rott right here. I'm talking to me. Am I, am I satisfied with where I'm at? And I shouldn't be in my relationship with the Lord. You know, and, and I'm not. And I want to move forward. I want to move deeper. And I understand to a certain extent, you guys, for better or for worse, you're not going to go any deeper than where I'm wanting to go. You know, and that's just how it is. But I'm saying as a group, as a body, as a family, let's be committed to growing in our relationship. Let's go deeper in our walk. Um, like if you look at John 3 and verse 30, uh, it's probably, yeah, see, it's right there. Look, John 3 and verse 30. I know where we're at in the text, but just look right here. John 3 and verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. So John the Baptist, uh, I know I'm jumping around a little bit. John the Baptist had this massive ministry, preparing the way for the Messiah. And as Jesus comes on the scene and starts his earthly ministry, John the Baptist's ministry begins to dwindle. And so John the Baptist's disciples are, hey, man, your, your buddy, he's, he's taking away all our people, man. Everyone's going to him. And, and John the Baptist says this really beautiful, beautiful thing. He says, it's never really been about me. It's always been about him. It's always been about Jesus. You know, and, and that's us. It's never really been about us. You know what I mean? It's about him. He loves us so much. And, and in view of what he's done for us, can't we just say, you know what? Let me just commit to being what God has called me to be. Whatever that looks like. You know what I mean? Okay, so anyways, John says, he must increase, but I must decrease. And that is so true with everything in my life. If I want to do the right thing, if I want to think positively, then I got to get rid of that stinking thinking, right? That's funny to say. Everyone say stinking thinking. Yeah, stinking thinking. No, you got you to gotta push that rubbish aside. But if you don't fill it up with something else, that way of thought's going to come right back in. So I must decrease, I must empty myself of what is not productive to my relationship with God and be filled with Him. Amen. Does that make sense? More of God, less of me. Give the Lord some praise.
lemon water. Just saying, it's, it's, it's delicious. Okay, Matthew 22 and verse 37. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So that Christ-centered life is what we're looking for. What I think about, what I, what I choose to think about. You know, you're going to get those fiery darts thrown at you. You're going to get those thoughts that just pop up in your head. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you get those just really weird just crazy things will pop up in your head, you know. Well, okay, you don't have to water that. You don't have to nurture that. You get a weird thought like that, a, a perverse thought, or, or just something that does not line up with the Word of God, you know, something profane or whatever. Man, rebuke that noise. Make sense? Um, the simplest thing in the world is say, man, should I really be thinking about this? If Sister Claudia knew what I was thinking about, you know. Okay, maybe that might not work for you, but, but it might work for Brother Michael, it might work for Sister Rhonda. Um, but, you know, would, would God like for me to be thinking about this? Because he knows. And the, and, the, and the crazy thing is he knows what I think about, he, he knows what I've done, and he still is wholly committed to me. He still loves me with the undying love. So anyways, what I think about, what I speak, what I do, a person that is committed to being what God wants us to be. We're not going to do that perfectly, but like John the Baptist says, I must decrease, so he must increase, and I'm making a conscious effort to be committed to be that that mature Christian. Make sense? Okay, verse 38. This is the great and first commandment. It's just, he's just laying them out in order. He's not saying one is greater than the other, but he says you got to have this one first. You know, you, the more you love me, the more you're going to be able to be there for your neighbor. The more you're going to be able to uh, go the extra mile with somebody. You know, I mean, I'm talking about God is trying to bring us to that place where we can, uh, you know, love our enemy and pray for those who persecute us. Man, you know how stinking hard that is if you have like a real legit enemy. I'm not talking about somebody that you had a misunderstanding with and there's a past and you love them and you're like, oh, we got to get through this somehow. That, that's a whole level easier than somebody rounding you up and trying to kill you because you read the Bible or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Okay, moving forward. This is the great and first commandment, verse 39. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So God wants me to mature. God wants me to be sold out to him. But there's some sort of fruit that I should be bearing also. I should be able to encourage others, be there for others, lead others to the cross, so on and so forth. So there it is again. It's not just about me. Uh, move, move down with me uh, to Romans 12 and verse 1. If you don't mind, Romans 12 and verse 1, it's right there. So let's let the Apostle Paul weigh in on what Jesus Christ just told us. Romans 12 and verse 1, and this is beautiful. I appeal to you, I like the way the Apostle Paul talks. He, he's really one of my all-time favorites, especially in the New Testament. Anyways, Romans 12 and verse 1, I appeal to you, this is a very serious situation, and he's talking to Christian people. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, not just males, but we're talking about the Christian people. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, See, that's super important. What he's doing is saying, before I go any further, okay, listen up, before I go any further, don't forget what Jesus did for you, man. Don't forget that Jesus Christ died so you could be set free. 
that your wickedness was placed on him and his righteousness was imputed onto you. And now you get to grow in relationship with him for all eternity. You get to experience joys everlasting. You're, you are going to live forever. In view of this, in view of the huge price that was paid for you, everybody with me? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your spiritual worship. So obviously this culture would get the analogy or the picture that he's saying here. Present yourselves as a living sacrifice. If I'm living, I'm continuing to go on. So like a sacrifice, a daily thing, a nonstop day where every single day I will commit myself to doing and being what God wants me to be. Amen. Every single day, you know, whether I'm having a good day or a bad day. And I know sometimes like the great theologian, uh, Tom Petty said, um, uh, sometimes the good outweighs the bad days, whatever, something like that. But <laughs> Tom Petty's not a theologian, whatever. Never mind. Just, just, okay. Sometimes life's tough, man. But see, we, we still have been called to walk how God wants us. Remember, be holy because I am holy, you know. And I'm not saying there's not a season in the morning. There certainly is, man. And we've been going, a lot of people have been going through so much. But I'm saying, man, that we can, we can, we can have a peace. We can have an inner strength, man. And we just have to lean on God. Romans 12 and verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So this is something that God is requesting us to do on a daily basis. You know, present myself to God as a living sacrifice. Look, holy and acceptable to God. Well, what is, what would be something that would be acceptable to God talking about Old Testament animal sacrifice? You couldn't just grab a old billy goat on your way in there or, or grab a, 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 a sheep and just say, here, this, this, this is, uh, this is what I got for my, my offering here. Man, they wouldn't accept that. It had to be spotless. It had to be perfect by, by the, the, the priest would examine it to see if there was any flaws in it because it had to represent that sacrifice that Jesus Christ was going to make. Okay, so it had to be something that was just as spotless as possible or it would be rejected. So let's remember that as we read this verse again. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Let's give him our all. Let's give him our best. You know what I mean? We, we don't, we're not just, we're not just Christians because we come to church on Sundays. We're Christians because we have a relationship with, with the creator of the universe and we have access to him through his son who died for our sins. And that should mean something to us. You know, so when I have this choice, when there's this fork in the road and we all got them, you know, should I entertain this train of thought? Should I, should I go down this dark, dim road of depression? Or, or should I just give God glory? Should I focus on God's word? Do I want to do the right thing or the godly thing? There we go. Y'all are with me. Amen. All right. Let's go to the next slide. So, excuse me. Hmm, lemony. Got a, a, a bit of lemon in that water. The ladies come down here midweek and they squeeze lemon in the water and let it, uh, no, they don't do that. They really don't do that. I'm not saying they shouldn't, but they don't. Psalm chapter one, 
Psalm chapter 1. So we're talking about this thing, you know, about, well, basically, you know, maturing, growing in our relationship with the Lord. And I think that, well, I know that's the journey that we're all on, you know, every single one of us. And it is so good every once in a while to stop and, and say, you know, am I moving in the right direction? Or, or is the old man, you know, kind of taking, taking more control, you know, and my spirit man just being starved out? And that's, that's one of the beautiful things about having a season of fasting, you know, and I encourage everyone to do that from time to time. Um, you know, we, we can, we, we give our flesh whatever it desires, you know, even if we're regimented, you know, in, in what we eat and stuff like that. We're not starving ourselves, you know. What I'm saying is, is why don't we lay our fleshly desires aside? for a season because they always get their way no matter what they're going to fight and kick and scream well let's just put those aside you know what i mean and and, because we don't deny ourselves much at all but let's feed our spirit man let's spend extra time in the word extra extra time in prayer these are good practical things if you want to have peace in a world that you know there's however you want to look at it we live in crazy days man we live in crazy days, but God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay? He is my constant. When people I love uh, walk out on me, when people I love, uh, the Lord takes them home. When, when people get sick, when I lose my job, when the TV's doing this, when the government's doing this, and, and all this is going on, God says, I'm still here. I still got a good plan for you. You got to put your trust in me. Amen? So, and, and, and what's going to help us is if we take these, just simple steps. And I know that we all do them. And I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. But this is something that, that I have uh, decided to intensify in my own walk. Uh, because I, wanna, I want to decrease so he can increase. So Psalm 1, 2, and 3. Let's just look a little bit. Let's, if you're taking notes, you can write, I, I need to read the Bible. I need to read more of the Word of God. And you do have time. I, I know that we're all busy. Um, and, and something that I have been experiencing lately is uh, it's kind of harder for me for me to read the Word. Last couple years, my eyes have been doing these crazy things. But, you know, there, there's still ways around that. You know, I, I'm not saying that I don't read because it's hard for me to read. Uh, but there's there's ways around that. You know, and if, if you, some people just don't like to read books. Well, there, there's, we, like Sister Claudia was talking about, we live in this world where, where we have all these amazing technological advances. Um, you, you can listen to the Bible as you drive around. You can listen to the Bible as you walk around your home. I'm just saying that it is so beneficial to our relationship to set some time aside to get into the Word of God. Whatever that looks like to you, don't don't reject it. Don't put it aside. I don't think it should be a seasonal thing. Um, I think it's something that we, that we should try and do each and every day. You know what I mean? Um, because as we step out into our work world or whatever, we're surrounded by people that see things differently. There's certainly going to be those uh, th- those different influences coming at us from every single angle. So we need to feed our spirit, man. That's what I'm trying to say. Psalm 1 and verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. I cannot say, honestly, that his law has always been a delight to me. Sometimes I had to, have had to push myself to read his word, but I have never, ever, ever sat back after a time of reading the Bible and said, man, that was, that was a wasted 10 minutes. That was a wasted 15. I'm never getting that time back. No, you don't say that. 
Because the Word of God is so important to us, man. But, see, we want to make the Word of God a delight to us. We want it to be a special time. And in those days when we, when we have to uh, bring forth the sacrifice of praise, bring forth that sacrifice. Don't deny yourself the Word of God. Spend time in it. But His delight is in the law of the Lord. And sometimes we get sad, man. Sometimes we get hurt. Sometimes, you know, but see, that that's really not an excuse to, to go away from the Word of God because sometimes when I get in a real bad mental place, I mean, I'm just trying to be honest with you. I hope y'all don't talk to Sister Claude about firing me. You know, like, I don't know. Never mind. But, you know, sometimes, you know, the weight of the world gets on you. And you're like, man, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to do that. I don't want to read the Bible right now. I'm kind of mad. You know what I'm saying? Time out. That is the exact wrong thing we're supposed to do. Yeah. And that's just a lie from the devil. You don't need to spend time in the Bible. You pretty much know all that stuff. You don't need to do that. You know, no, we need to spend time in the Word. But his delight is in the law. Uh, I hope I'm not freaking y'all out. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. So this is something that is going to help me delight in the law of the Lord, or God's Word, is to think on it. Instead of thinking about all the negative things, I'm not saying bury your head in the sand, I'm not saying that, but instead of thinking about all the negative things or about how you've been wronged, or these are all hypotheticals, but I'm saying meditate on God's Word and God's promises. Because God don't lie. Any, any human being can look at your face and lie to you. Not saying they do, you know, the devil's certainly going to lie to you, um, but the word of God is true. Amen? But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. See that? I'm supposed to think on God's word, not just read God's word, but think about God's word. Because when it talks about meditating, it, it's not like Eastern meditation where you empty yourself. I, I don't even understand that. I'm not going to try and pretend I know what that's all about. But but biblical meditation is focusing and chewing and thinking, letting God's word resonate on you. Make sense? Okay. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law. He meditates day and night. Verse three. Look at this. Look at this result here. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. So if I spend time in God's word, I meditate on God's word and I obey God's word, I'm going to be like a tree that has, that has the supply of everything it needs. I'm going to have the nutrients I need. I'm going to have the health providing things that I need. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that awesome? Or, or yeah, give, give the Lord some praise. Seriously. Cause we have all these things coming against us, man. We have all these, you know, the lies of the devil and, and everything. And, and our nation's, I've never seen it this divided, you know. And it's by design. I, well, I don't want to get into that, but, but there's people that want us to, to fight amongst each other. Somewhere there are people that want us to hate one another you know, because we look different or we choose a, a different medical route or something like that. Man, that's all doo-doo. That's from the devil. Okay. Anyways, I'm totally just freaking everybody out. I don't mean to. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. I'm going to get what I need because I'm getting what I need from the Word of God. Amen? He's like trees that yields its fruit in its season. So what does that look like? What does the fruit of the Spirit look like? Love, joy, peace, patience. The more time I spend in the Word, I'm going to get the nutrients I need spiritually, and I'm going to be bearing fruit that is not just productive for me, but for those around me. Amen? 
and its leaf does not wither, I'm going to be spiritually fit as a fiddle. Fit as a fiddle. It's in, uh, and its leaves does not wither. I'm going to have that spiritual health that I need. In all that he does, he prospers. Real fast. Real fast. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water. Doesn't that sound good to you? That yields its fruit in its season. Doesn't that sound good to you? And its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. So if I take the word of God, if I take God's word and I chew on it and obey it, I'm going to be doing what God wants me to be. I'm going to do and be what God wants me to be in my life. Okay, let me back that up. Let's see what Josh says real fast. Joshua 1 and verse 8. Same thing, man. This book of the law, this book of the law, the scriptures shall not depart from your mouth. We can even take it another level. And with Joshua saying, not just meditate on it, but speak it or memorize it or learn it. You know what I mean? So, if this sounds awful, you know, kindergarten or, or Sunday schoolish, but man, this is, this is the basics, man. This is where it's at. You know what I mean? It, it, there's nothing wrong with memorizing scripture and repeating it and getting it into your heart. We want it to become second nature to where when something pops up that I didn't expect, hey, I got, I got this arsenal of God's promises that I lean on. You know what I mean? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, same thing, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. So now we're starting to see this. Don't just read it. Don't just think about it, but do what it says. You know what I mean? Do what it says so I can prosper, so I can be what God's called me to be. Or I can walk around discouraged and despair, and one day I can say this, and the next day I can say this, and I can be like a spiritual roller coaster, and then my unsafe friends are like, dude, what? Hey, I don't need, I, that's one thing I don't need in my life, is, is, is to go to a church, if that's what it's all about. Can I get a witness? Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Isn't that cool? And they, and then you will have good success. I like that. And then you have good success. I'm gonna uh, petition Rachel Jean to get that put on my my tombstone. That that no, no, maybe something like he tried or he was. Um, but isn't that nice? If God God says, hey, if you if you do this, you're gonna be successful. Now, his success looks a lot different than our success a lot of the time. But that's who you belong to. And I just have to throw that out there, man. And, and this church is well-fed. They've been well-fed. You guys know what I'm talking about. It, it's not about getting all the fancy stuff and all that. You know, it's about being what God wants me to be. And if you want the fancy stuff, go work hard and get it. Um, not that God don't want to bless you. Anyways, we can talk about that later. James 1 and verse 22. James 1 and verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Have you ever been guilty of that? Reading the Bible and then just, just, oh. Man, I, yeah, yeah, I've done it in the parking lot. I, I believe me. I, I, yeah, as recently, well, you, I don't need to know that. <laughs> you guys, you don't need, <laughs> but yeah, man. But be doers of the word, not just hearers only. And we, we have this problem, this potential of stagnating 
if we just take in all this word and not applying it, not using it. You know what I mean? What benefit is you, what benefit is it unless you apply it? You know what I mean? But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And I do like how James says deceiving yourself because that is something we can easily do. Man, I go to church. I do that. I put a five and off. You know, it ain't about none of that. <laughs> Anyways, let's go to the next slide. Christian folk, need to, we need to spend time in our word. And that might look a little different to you than what it does to me, but I'm just saying we need to do it, you know. Um, uh, we got devotionals. We need to read our devotionals. Um, it's not it's not about qual- quantity, right? Quantity, but quality time, you know. Don't just rush through it. But I mean, you can you can get more out of reading a verse and letting that verse soak in, in, in you, and you meditate on that verse. You can get more out of one verse than you can reading two or three chapters. You know, it's just what do you want to do. But if you read three chapters or four chapters, you know, don't just try and rush through it to get some sort of weird check mark. You know what I mean? But but do because I've done that. Like I'm reading through the whole Bible, and I I did too, man. I did it a couple times. Um, which there's nothing wrong with that. Anyways, let me just get going here so y'all can make your lunch dates. Romans 12 and verse 12. Rejoice in hope. This is the Apostle Paul again. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Well, how in the world can I rejoice in hope? How can I be patient in tribulation? How can I focus? Rejoicing in hope, the simple way we can look at it is taking God's promises that are in His Word, taking God's promises and standing on those and not what someone else says, not what the world says. You know what I mean? Well, the world says by this date, my social security. Well, okay. All right. I don't know. I don't know. But I know what God says. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. So I stand on God's promises. And whatever happens in my world, whatever that might be, I got God's promises. And, and he don't lie. He is faithful. So I rejoice in hope. I, I, I'm focusing. I'm meditating on God's promises so I can be patient in tribulation when the world comes against me, when when whatever happens in my life, because the scripture does say um, we are going to go through certain tribulations in this world. That's just part of living. That's part of being a Christian. Uh, we all know where I'm coming from with all that. This world is not our home. We're passing through. Thank you, Jesus. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. So now we have a, a connection. We have we have God's word, and then we, then we have a time of prayer. We have communication with the Lord, and so we can look at it like this, but it's not limited to this, okay? Um, but it's been said to me like this, and it, and it certainly makes sense. But it is not limited to this. So let me say this: when I pray, that is me communicating with God or me reaching out to God, okay? When I read the Bible, that is God communicating with me. You see how that works? But it's not limited to that, but that's these things go together. You know what I mean? Because God can speak to that inner person, and he does. And I'm certainly saying we need to listen to that. But if you never hear that still, small voice, you got a whole book right there that he will point you to every answer you need, right? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes we just don't slow down enough to hear his voice. 
I'm not saying he doesn't communicate back to us when we pray. So, sometimes he'll just talk to you when you ain't praying, man. You're just you're doing the thing. You know, like, like the old GPS, turn right, turn right. I told you to turn right. Mm. Mm. Moving forward, beloved, be constant in prayer. Something we should not neglect as Christian people. First Thessalonians 5 and verse 17, pray without ceasing. Same thing as being constant in prayer. We need to live a life that revolves around prayer. You know, something we can do throughout the day. I'm not saying drop five, you know, hey, fellas, I'll catch up with you in a minute. Let me, I got to take a knee and talk to the creator. You know, do it if you want to do it. I don't care. But I'm just saying that, that numerous times throughout the day, if I want to have peace in a world that's falling apart around me, I want to spend time in his word and I want to spend time in communication with him. I want to, the Bible says, cast your cares upon him, right? It doesn't say carry all these burdens around as you go through the world. He says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. He's our loving Father. James 5 and verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? I bet you there's some people in here that, that are kind of going through it. Is anyone in here suffering? Let him pray. Let him reach out to God. Let him commune with God. Let him lay his burdens down at the feet of Jesus. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. So this is talking about, this isn't saying, okay, when you're sad, you pray. When you're happy, you sing praises. It's saying your life should be, you should be in constant communion with God. You should be hanging out with the Creator. If you want to have peace, if you want to be a blessing to others, um, if you want to be able to move forward, you need to spend time in prayer and reading Scripture. And praise is something that we certainly should not neglect because praise or praise and worship is a form of prayer. And it's something that we get to come together and do. You know, we should do it on our own. And yeah, it kind of feels a little silly or whatever. But, but, but man, you are, you are singing to the Most High God. You're not singing about Him. And that's something that I had to learn. It took me several years to really, even though it's easy to understand, I had to learn that I'm not singing about Him. You know what I mean? I'm not singing about Him. Like, you're good. You're great. You're awesome. You know, I'm, I'm singing a love song to Him. I'm praising Him. You know? Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Now, let's look at uh, John 15 and verse 7. Yeah, John 15 and verse 7. I guess we got time. We're still talking about prayer, so we want scripture, prayer. James 15 and verse 7. If you abide in me, if you remain in me, if you live with me, if you do life with me, that's what we're supposed to do, man. You know, if you abide in me, Jesus, and my words abide in you, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Isn't that cool? So in other words, as I, as I spiritually mature with the Lord, I'm, I'm not going to ask so much for, for selfish stuff. It's okay to ask for you needs to be made. It's, it's okay to ask for something. I'm not saying don't ask for something that you think your heart wants. I'm not saying don't do that. But I'm saying that, that you know what, if, if I want my prayers to be answered in the affirmative, you know what I mean? I really need to ask in God's will. God, your will in this area. Because sometimes we can be praying for something that's not God's will. He's like, I'm not, I, I, can't, I can't sign off on that. That's not good for you. That's not going to benefit your relationship with me. That's, that's, you, know, you know what I'm saying? But see, the more, the more I spend time in prayer, the more I get to know God and his faithfulness, 
the more I'm going to say, well, well, the more I'm going to line up with what he wants. Does that make sense? I'm, my, my will is going to line up with his will. Like preacher Fred used to say, he will give you the desires of your heart. And we all like how that sounds. You know, I got some pretty big desires in my old heart. But, but it's not really saying that. It's like he will instill his desires into my heart. Thank you, Lord. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So, you know, have you have you seen these uh, uh, these concerts or maybe you've went to one where these these celebrities the, that are that are dead, they'll do like a, a laser performance. Have you seen one of those where I haven't been to one, but I've heard of them where like you can pay 50 bucks or 100 bucks. I cannot remember. Never mind. Never mind. You don't want to hear what I was going to say. Let's go to the next slide. I just saved y'all about five minutes. I know you really want to know, but I'm not going to tell you. Okay. So, man, we're just going through this really, really simple stuff, and we are going to be committed to doing it. Um, Hebrews 10 and verse 24. This is another one. And, and I have to throw this out here. Plenty of good godly folks have never sat in a church service. Plenty of good godly folks can't get to a church service. There's plenty of people that that will be shot in the head or murdered in the gutter if they go to a church service. Okay, not everybody has access to a church service. But there is great benefits and God would like for us to come together. Does that make sense? And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That's a benefit right there for coming together like we're doing on this beautiful Sunday morning. We get to encourage one another. I see my brother, I see my sister, and I say, hey, how you doing? But you know what? I'm not just going through some pleasantry because we're in the same room, but I, I care for you because I've grown with you. We've, we've become intimate over the friendship Sundays, and we, we know one another. It's a good thing for us to know one another, to do life together. Amen? So iron sharpens iron. We're here to uh, encourage one another. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Verse 25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. So some people don't go to church, but we should try and do that, whether it's a Bible study or a prayer meeting or meeting with three or four friends just to have a time of worship. I'm saying this is something that God wants us to do. Amen. Not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. We're certainly living in strange times when we need to be together to encourage one another. So to wrap all this up, just these these three main things, staying in the Scripture and obeying the Scripture, time of prayer and praise, uh, coming together when we can. And I know some people can't do it every week. Some people it's a stretch to do it once a month. But I think it's something that, well, I know it's something that we, that we should try to do even if it's not an organized church service, to come together with other believers and grow in relationship with them as well as the Lord. Amen? So let's go back uh, to the beginning, the very beginning of the church age, wrapping things up. Acts 2 and verse 42. This is a cool little picture. This is really, really cool of what the, of what the early church was doing. Now, keep in mind, keep in mind that the early church was a mite different than what we got going on right here. Um, the early church turned the world upside down. They, they did. 
They did. They were going to their death because they believed in a risen Savior and they weren't about to deny that. You know what I mean? And they were spreading the gospel. They were taken out of pagan, paganism. They were taken out of dead, evil religions and they were given life. And this meant something to them and they couldn't keep their mouths shut about it. So they didn't have a lot of friends, but still they turned the world upside down. Okay, so moving forward. Acts 2 and verse 42 and they devoted themselves. Okay. See, that's, that's, that's our job. I commit myself to something. I devote myself to something. Okay. I am committed to this because it's important to God. It's important to me. And they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. They devoted themselves to the word of God. You hear what I'm saying? They devoted themselves. They committed themselves to the word of God. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And that's also another little thing I like to do. You, you, and, and a lot of my friends in here do the same thing as we all have our, our favorite little uh, online pastors or online preachers or radio preachers and stuff like that. And I really like to do that. That is not a substitute for reading the Bible. It's not a substitute for time and prayer. But it is a good thing to grab a hold of a good Bible preacher, teacher, not some phony baloney. You got to be careful, man. You got to be careful. I'm not judging anybody's works, man, but I'm just saying you really need to know the word of God because once you begin to listen to other preachers, man, some, sometimes you can hear something like, yeah, whoa, I, whoa, I don't know, you know. Um, but it's, it's good to, to have a, a good Bible-grounded radio preacher. Just throwing that out there. You know, it is what it is. Do what you want to. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread. So we have, they devoted themselves to the Word of God, to learning, being instructed in the Word of God, growing in the Word of God, but also growing together as a unit, growing together as a family. You see what I'm saying? They devoted themselves to being together, to fellowshipping together. That's a good thing. Okay. The apostles teaching a fellowship to the breaking of bread. The more we hang out with each other, the more we, we know each other. The more, the more I know you, the more I can be concerned for you. What, what, it's, it's putting more than a face with something, but when I begin to know you and we grow in relationship, it do, just does something to where I can be uh, intimately, deeply concerned about what you're going through. I don't know if I can explain that properly, but it's just good to get to know one another. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship. Plus, you get to know how weird people really are around here. You're like, what? Woo! Whoa! All God's people said, whoa! And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. You see what the early church did? They spent time in prayer. They spent time together as a body, as a unit, fellowshipping, eating together. They spent time in the Scripture. That's what we need to do, church. We need to, set, we need to just commit ourselves to, hey, I want to love God with everything that I am. And I want to love my neighbor. I want to be what God's called me to be. I don't know how much more time I have, but I want to be what God's called me to be.